Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56. We are back at PCA's national headquarters. Around the table, we have our regular cast and crew, plus one. <laughs> we have uh, Damon to my left, Manny to my right. Robert is on the computers making everything work. And we have Mr. Sass back in the building. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks, Vu. Our, I used to be a regular. You used to be a regular. It's not all that you're novel a, that I'm you're, here. You're a commuter now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, again, just as if you're enjoying the episode, please do uh, click the like button. Of course, we love reading your comments and uh, subscribe. We are actually very close to 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. So congratulations to Damon and everyone else who's uh, put a lot of work into this. Just yeah, 30, thanks to our viewers. 30 more thousand to go. Yeah, exactly. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Uh, you, do you know that reference? I don't know. you got to have kids. Manny's probably... <laughs> His kids are too no. old. <laughs> you probably know Rob. Just keep swimming. No, it's from Find, Finding Nemo. Oh, you know what? I've never I watched seen, Finding Nemo. You've never seen. Finding I don't watch Disney movies. Oh my gosh, it's not, not all that much. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, just I know we're going to talk about uh, last week's podcast, but I did do a little research because I, you know we talked about the Smokey and the Bandit uh, Trans Am and some factoids for you. Do you remember how they had 6.6 liters on the scoop? Like yeah. they did that for the movie to make the car look like, you know, crazy. I would have cool. believed it. A car from that era, six six liters, six 170 liters. horsepower. So it actually six point <laughs> six liters, era, pal. Six point yeah. six liters, and only had 200 horsepower stock. That car um, that did all the burnouts and stuff like that were were modified to about 300 horsepower. And I think Manny mentioned the whole Hollywood movie making thing is like, do you think like the engine sounds and blah, 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 you know, was that from that car? Oh, right. That was all how the way he was spinning tires <laughs> yeah. and everything. And we know now that that car was low horsepower. But you, I think someone commented that uh, they, they heard it had nitrous on it. So it actually, yeah, that car, yeah, it was, um, it was modified, but the engine noise that you heard the soundtrack was from a 1955 Chevy custom that was in the movie American Graffiti. Really? How's that for a factoid? Wow. Have you so ever actually random. sat in a Trans Am from that era? Have you ever it driven is, one? It is like, as far as uh, driver ergonomics or even passenger ergonomics, is terrible. They're it's just terrible they're, they're cars. Garbage in every way. The thing the that worst, I love the worst is, support. There's no such thing no. as support in the seats. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's like a lazy boy. The dash, the fake engine turned gold dash. Now you but know back what? Back then, that was pretty I like I, that to was me. That, that was like that was eye catching to me. Like those, like it looked like turned yeah. metal or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was totally cool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like contact paper. It was so... <laughs> yeah, and the plastic. And anyways, yeah. Uh, just, just want, I, I had to look it up because Manny was like, "You think it's real?" I'm like, "I don't know." And yeah, of course it's not. It's Hollywood. Nothing's real. Yeah. Nothing's real. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of them were black, too, because that was the only color they could make, like, the urethane nose match the rest of the car. <laughs> How many cars do you think they had in the movie? I don't know, like 15. I'm going to say seven. I don't know. Pontiac gave them four cars. They killed three cars, and they only had one car left for it to do promotions, and the one that... Well, it had is... to be amazing for Pontiac for sales. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Just, it, uh... it, it, it did so well that it actually, you know, the, um, the F-body... Uh, Firebird that came out in the 80s 
the production of that car was pushed back because this Trans Am pushed sales so one so well. uh, the eighty two was supposed to be the eighty one or something. Like yeah, that, I mean, or, it was something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. pushed it out. So <laughs> I, wonder no how many, I wonder how many how many owners uh, grew mustaches, bought a hat like Burt uh, Reynolds. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And got the jacket. Got the jacket or the the red uh, button up shirt that he wore or, or no the red jacket yeah. the red jacket. Here's here's a question I have for you, being a Fox body Mustang owner. Yeah. How come everybody cares about Fox Mustangs, but nobody cares about the the F bodies from that era? The, like Camaros, sure yeah, they do. And yeah, that's, people that's, do. That's, people that's, do. Yeah, people do. Yeah, I just there's the the buzz or you know everybody loves Fox body. Mustangs, I think just uh, but, Fox bodies is. Just more people, more. I don't know, like in terms of number of sales, but yes, you're right. You do see more Fox bodies still around. F body cars. I mean, when you do see one around, it's pretty rare. And if you see a nice one, that's even more rare. So I don't know if they all just became commuter cars and eventually died, but I think Fox body people, if if they got you know old or whatever, they were resurrected into like a, a drag strip car, or they were always so cheap to work on. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, there's in. you know a five liter you know Fox body GT is kind of cool. You know, an Irox Z, not so much. You know, I think I think if you found one today in good shape, they're they're still cool. They're cool. I mean, you got to have the mullet. <laughs> Manny's <laughs> laughing at me. I, I mean, I just love that Manny's era. Gonna tell you I about mean, how I, awesome I can drive are. a Fox Mustang without like a sense of irony, but in an F body, F body, not no way. I don't know. Let's let's not get F body owners mad. <laughs> Sorry, this, <laughs> we're here to talk about Porsches. So, anyways, um, how was your uh, last week? Any fun stuff, Damon? Were you playing PlayStation again? A little week? bit. Um, <laughs> I went into the garage and used my new tools and um, oh, you did tried to get the seal out and instead of the seal coming out, the inner part of the seal, the metal, oh, no. the metal part is starting to bend and come off. So the seal is breaking. Oh no! Before I can pull it out, so so we'll see how this goes. But you haven't pulled but, it out all the way. No, no, it hasn't moved at all. Why? Why? I don't know. How's this? Seal I might have to. Uh, I might have to text Peter Smith or something to get like a pointer, or maybe uh, go drop by Bob Miller just to see what what am I doing wrong here? You wow. know, because I've pulled seals before. They usually don't. It's usually not this hard. This hard. Huh. So, but there isn't. Eh, we'll see. So, is it a rubber seal with like a metal coil inside of it? Or so, something? if you've yeah, it has. I believe one of those. I don't know if you call it a spring around the middle. Yeah, um, right. but it's it's metal like. The face of the seal is metal, and I believe there's like a plastic rubber sort of composite on the outer edge, yeah. and then sort of the same material on the inner, I believe, as well. So I was able to get a, if you have like a small little pick, like pick, the yeah. tools yeah. you like so much, you can yeah. get one in there, and if it's the, the shiny chrome one, it won't scratch the crankshaft. You can get it in there and sort of make, make room for a hole, oh. and that's what I put the tool in to uh-huh. pry it out. Thing is, though, even with the right tool and everything now, there's resistance. I'm, I'm breaking the seal instead of actually pulling it out. So I don't know if it's a leverage thing or what it might be. I, I've got a couple more more ideas to use one of the... Can you use like a plastic pick? <sighs> that would break. Oh, it's it's on that str- that like Yeah, that well, I mean, we're talking about a... Um, man, I wish I had actually taken a picture of these tools. But this the tool I'm using is about... Three quarters of a foot long, half a foot long, mm-hmm. and it has it's hardened steel and it has a little hook that fits perfectly into the area to pry it out. So the only thing I don't have going for me right now is it's a tight space, so I'm not 
pulling it out straight on. It's at sort of a, of an angle, and I have to compensate. Oh. So, and when I compensated by sticking a piece of wood somewhere, so the uh, the the tool won't move when I'm trying to pull the seal out, it's now breaking the seal. So oh. I don't know what's up with that. I've pulled crank seals before. I've pulled camshaft seals. Phone um, a friend. Phone a friend. Yeah, that's done it before. Yeah. So anyway. I'm sure uh, Charles Navarro already gave you his uh, advice. Or? Well, I haven't asked anybody because I, except for the people at PE or the uh, Tech Tactics East, you yeah. know, the dealer techs, they said buy this tool. Yeah. Because um, I I want to do it myself. I don't want to have to just go and. But there's no there's no shame in phoning a friend. There's yeah, just, there's know, shame in messing it up and something. No, yeah. Well, I haven't messed it up yet. So yeah. Except for the seal. Phone a friend. Uh, it, honestly, it's that time. That's I. I have autocross no shame season's in, already started. I have no shame in asking for help. Like <laughs> I don't want to do it twice, or I don't want to mess yep. it up and make it make it even worse. Yeah. How about you, Manny? Uh, let's see. We had the uh, Chesapeake new member party. At oh yeah. The Porsche Hunt Valley dealership, which is a uh, I don't know category or level three. I think level it's not three? the top one. The latest one is five. I five, think. okay, so it's yeah. a level four then. Yeah. A very nice dealership. Uh, people are asking what's the difference between level five, and I said, you got to look online. It's the best way to – level five is just – they're at it as worlds. Um, uh, is it like that Palm Springs dealership I that think we've so. seen? Yes, yeah. yes. That's, <laughs> that's a level five. Uh, what's the Santa Clarita, I think, is a five mm. instead of five. Uh, anyways, it's it's pretty impressive. They uh, have um, uh, really cool displays. But uh, anyway, this was a brand-new dealership. Uh, they uh, – I think they tore down the old Cadillac one. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, made a wow. second level. It was uh, over 120 people showed up. A lot of new members. Um, great uh, time to socialize. And uh, if, if you're a, a new member to PCA and your region has a uh, new member uh, event, I would strongly uh, recommend coming out to it. It's a great opportunity to uh, They usually go over the uh, different events PCA has and what they mean and how to get involved, and but most of all, it's a great uh, the social event. So the GM there is Steve Postal, right? Yep. And uh, he must be so excited to have a new home to, to work out of because this looks like it's at least two or three times bigger than his old dealership. Yeah, and the service bays were just uh, wow at his world. And they had uh, actually two uh, 964 Cabriolets uh, with engines out. Really? So, But they're not a classic dealer, though. No, I, th- I think they would like to become a classic dealer, but no, they're not a officially recognized classic uh, dealer. And how long did it? Did they say it took to build this building? I think they did it in like a year. That's and amazing. It moved pretty quickly, yeah. That's amazing. Well, our other dealership, um, our local dealership that has a new building is Porsche Silver Spring, um, and their grand opening is coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, it's uh, we're lucky to have. Uh, Oh, three active dealerships. There's a fourth one that doesn't do anything with PCA for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, I won't name the name. Right. Uh, but uh, Silver Spring, Hunt Valley, and Annapolis uh, dealers active. are very active with the club. And uh, hopefully uh, listeners uh, have, uh, wherever you're at, your, your dealers are also active with PCA. Because uh, you can see what you put an invite out to PCA and mm-hmm. you're going to fill the showroom. Any idea on inventory? How did inventory look? I think they still struggle like everyone yeah. else with uh, with inventory. A lot of the cars were sold on there, or they were uh, certified pre-owned cars, mm-hmm. especially the uh, sports cars. Yeah, so it's got to make you wonder. There's like, the, uh, oh, the service, service bay. bay yeah, oh, that's amazing. Evidently, there was a, um, a late model 911 that uh, had, did, did the money shift. A late yeah. model? Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw it, and my well, my brother said they were talking to the tech, and they said that the driver missed it. 
missed the shifts or I always say you didn't miss the shift. You just shifted in the wrong and gear. Put it in the wrong gear. He went from fifth to second or something like that. Oh, which that's a long throw. That's a long throw. Yeah, because when I did my money shift, I went from third to second instead mm-hmm. of the fourth. Um, but yeah, that's not going to be a cheap repair. Yep. I mean that's uh, one plus on the PDK side because you're not going to money shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would think with the electronics nowadays that it could protect that. that I was just it, thinking it, that. Yeah, I, I always thought that uh, that was a way that now that everything's fly by wire and whatnot, that the car would sense that you're about to over rev and not put it in gear or kill the kill the engine rev or something to uh, to do it. But, but that's, um, I guess it's mechanical though, right? Well, Still. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're downshifting. Yeah, you're going like that. But yeah. if, if you're downshifting, uh, it's mechanical. But if you're shifting from fifth to second, it should be able to stop you. If it's if it's by wire, right? I don't think so. Because if you're if you manage to physically get that gear into that gearbox from five to second, that means now you're connected to the drivetrain, and the drivetrain is spinning at eighty miles an hour or whatever. I would second. think that uh, I'd have to ask Peter Smith to see if there's. Uh... You would think the you would think the gearbox would know. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, it would know. So here's the thing: How do you prevent the gearbox from shifting? Because the clutch pedal is hydraulic still. The gear shifter is still physical, so except for the synchros maybe not lining up perfectly and maybe you have to shove it in a little bit harder. I mean, to me, I don't understand. Or you physically block off the the gate. Well, I remember uh, being told with cup cars with the, uh, you know, sequential shifter that if you over-revved it, the clutch would blow as a safety measure. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, obviously a clutch is not cheap, but it's hell of a lot more yeah. inexpensive than an engine, uh, engine uh, sure. top end engine rebuild. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Which always stuck in my head, yeah, that uh, it was very easy to blow the clutch. So the clutch is sacrificial. Basically. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess, I don't know if it was by design or it's what uh, cup car owners were telling me. Yeah. But mm. anyway, so I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> well, you know what sucks about a money shift is uh, you don't get up necessarily a better car. You just get your car back. It's oh, not, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. You're, yeah, I mean, you could pay to uh, upgrade some stuff, but normally it's just like I repaired it. I remember it's when like, I did mine, my wife said, uh, I said, yeah, I said, I got bad. I said, the good news is I'm coming home early. The bad news is um, we're going to have to take the top end of the engine apart. And she's like, what happened? I said, well, it went to, I said, I bent my valves. And she goes, well, that happens anyhow, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, it's, a, it's regular a, maintenance. <laughs> maintenance. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how I felt about when I had to put a roof on my house, you know. Spend a lot of money, and really, the experience inside a house didn't change at all. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have any leaking yet? No, 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 no leaking. We just did it because it was 20 years See, old. See, my roof, we started to have leaking, oh. and uh, yeah, that, that took the whole lot of stress out yeah, yeah, whenever yeah, yeah. it rained, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, yeah. we were t- trying to time it right. But anyways, uh, yeah, and so uh, that was my Saturday, which was also spent on the phone with my parents, who were <laughs> – my father's 84, my mother's 79 – they go to Israel. Oh, they've been wow. wanting to go to Israel now for like seven years. They're world travelers, mm-hmm. and every time them. they would go to have a plan, something would happen politically, and oh, the country no. kind of be like you know shut down, or the government, U.S. Yeah. government saying don't go to Israel. <laughs> yeah, and so they would have to cancel. So this time everything went fine. They got out Saturday before all these uh, oh wow protests oh, and everything went down. They got out. So my dad trying to save some money oh, no. flies out of Newark. Oh. And at first they said they were going to get a cab. And I'm like, that's going to be like $1,000 probably from New York to uh, Maryland. I said, why don't you uh, let, just look at an Uber? So I looked at Uber on my phone, and it was like $300. <laughs> I'm like, that's a yeah. lot cheaper. Yeah. 
But, you know, I didn't factor in the fact that uh, my parents trying to use the Uber app. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to send it to uh, an Uber to them. I'm in a dealer parking lot, you know, trying to get an Uber. And would you believe the first Uber, and my understanding of Uber is as a driver, you see the fare and you decide if you're going to take it or not. No. No? No. Oh, no. It doesn't no. work that way. No, it does not How work, does it work that way. So when you sign up, and I'm not an Uber driver, but I've asked this from many drivers, and hopefully it's true. So I'll, so when you sign up as an Uber driver, you commit to a certain radius that you'll, you're willing to do. And when you get assigned to it, it's completely random because they don't want Uber drivers picking like short fares or, or big fares oh, or whatever. Okay. So it is completely random. So if the person that picked up your parents – they at some point agreed that they would drive as far as Newark to to Maryland mm-hmm. so that they can be exposed to those types of fares. So anyways, yeah. uh, so the first person showed, they loaded luggage up and my he must ask my father, where are you going? Which I said, I, they should know that already. They should know that already, yeah. Yeah, and so he says, and the guy goes, oh, I don't leave New York. <laughs> so he must have so, signed it and he didn't realize. So they empty uh, everything back out. My mother calls me up and I said, well, let me find someone. So I put in the notes, my parents are going to Maryland. Yeah. Just so there's no because it's an almost three hundred dollar fare. I'm like, anyone should be able to see. Yeah. So he that Uber driver gets there and says, uh, "Oh, um, yeah, that's too far." The second goes, one. What's what's Uber charging you? So my mother says two seventy seven. Yeah. And he goes, oh, "Well, I'll do it for two seventy seven if you pay me cash." I hate outside. Do outside. outside of Uber. Oh, so I told my mother, I said, "Listen, I would not do that because yeah. you have no." Yeah, recourse, happens, you know, yeah, it's against yeah. Uber policy, blah, blah, blah. They drop you off at a <laughs> so rough stop. She says, well, we'll, well we're going to go rent a car. I'm like, that's probably the best idea at this point because they have Uber so screwed up there. Yeah. Uh, their drivers are not uh, looking at the... I've never done a super long one, but... Yeah. I did it from Daytona, Orlando. It was like no issue at all. I yeah. mean, that's only an hour, but... Right. Trying, anyways, trying to get from uh, downtown LA, one hotel to the convention center with Lyft was tough. So traffic, really? whatever uh, it might yeah. be. So I call him two hours later to see what she's doing, and she goes, "Oh, we're almost home." And I'm like, "Oh, you rented a car?" She goes, "No, we just paid the guy two fifty. We negotiated that." <laughs> oh, they not only do they do it in cash, but they negotiated from the two whatever to two fifty. And then the guy charges me a five dollar and thirty cent cancellation fee because he canceled this <laughs> so he could take the cash. So I'm like, "You, I'm like, yes, so B, I'm going to report you to Uber." That's hilarious <laughs> because you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that well, was their experience. Keep where your parents live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out he was from Ecuador, where my parents were from as well. Oh, okay. Um, so, so they felt was, comfortable with I him. I don't maybe. know if they felt comfortable, but at that point, they just wanted to get home. I told my mother, I said, next time, just spend fly. the extra money and fly out of BWI <laughs> so we can just come drop you off and pick you up, not yeah. save. I don't know how much he was trying to save, but it wasn't much. And well, not only the money, but the stress level, right? I'm for sure. me. Oh, for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who cares about you? You're it's the like kid. They were fine. <laughs> You're the kid. It's for your parents. So then, uh, of course, Sunday was uh, your uh, your fiasco. Yes, Mikey and Mel's. We had uh, um, the season opener at our local uh, Cars and Coffee. And I tell you what, I mean, we've had terrible weather for the past couple of weekends and uh, we had a beautiful day forecasted being a season opener you know this this show started uh, you know a couple hundred cars um i think last year they maxed out at like four four hundred four fifty honestly i can say there was probably about 700 800 cars how many cars did the parking lot fill so the one the main parking lot is 500 what are the parking there's a there's a second parking lot uh down um past the first parking lot and there's two parking lots i didn't lots see any cars parked there yeah they kept they i kept mean them. i walked the whole parking lot we stopped at the um 
Car stuff come kept coming in until twelve thirty, almost to the end. Yeah, I left around uh, twelve. Yeah, left, um, like a, a lots of so, clubs. So, so did up. you get any? Compl- have they gotten any complaints? The good news is the community was was fine. Um, you know, you always have those yahoos that rev the engines and stuff like that, and our volunteers. You know, try to keep that in, in, in check. And for the most part, everybody was pretty good. Some cars are just loud, right? And I hate to say it, but Lamborghinis and Charger Challengers, you know, you, you can totally name all the cars that were probably loud, like little Honda Civics and stuff like that. But when they saw volunteers, you know, kind of out there, they managed it. The only, the only real. You, you didn't go so far into the parking lot. You were yeah. in your little, you were in your little in space. My, my in little the space, front. right. So, so the only, the only complaint was when the church, the big mega church across the street let out around, I guess, 11, there's a big traffic on the traffic mm. circle, but you know, it was, hopefully it's not going to be any bigger than this. And it, 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 you know, constricts, so to speak, because this was also on a Sunday, what's mm-hmm. normally on a Saturday. And on Saturdays you have other, like at least three other shows to go to. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, As I see there was a little it, bit yeah, of everything. Um, it, it, so. I thought about it because it, to me it wasn't a great experience. Yeah. Um, I, I said, I, you know, I would take a Hunt Valley cars and coffee any day of the week because to me, more is not better. Yeah. It's, no. Yeah. I, I said to somebody, I said, this is a perfect example when I hear, and this happens at PCA events, you know, people are going, Oh, we can squeeze another 200 cars. And I always say, no one's going to say this event would be better if there's 200 more cars. Right. And it just creates a, uh, it was a cluster. It was like a, a parking lot that you were constantly going through. And, um, that's why I av- avoid car shows for the most part. <laughs> and, 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 and it was like, a, and what certainly was not a cars and coffee, yeah. which it wasn't advertised as a cars yeah. and coffee. It's advertised as a cruising, which yeah. is more the flavor that it is. And to yeah. me, the cruise the difference is you have people setting up chairs. It, it's more hot rodish, uh, type, type of show than where, uh, like the Hunt Valley cars and coffee is more, uh, you see a lot of European type cars, um, less, um, Less Lamborghini-esque yeah. type drivers. Uh, I love vintage Lamborghinis. The people driving the new ones seem to have a certain personality I know, I know. and reputation about them. They're like the Mustang people were, uh, but they with a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've yeah. moved moved on to. So the now, more so, but now I look at this and I say, now you have an issue where this thing has gotten really big. Yeah, and. Um, it's uh, it, uh, you need a lot more volunteers. Oh yeah, because I looked at the amount of cars that they were parking, and I said it was probably equivalent to the works corral. Yeah, and how many? We had about twenty volunteers. How many did you have? We had five. Five, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought that's uh, that's not enough. Not enough. Because, no, and, uh, I, and, I, and there was a tractor trailer looking for parking. Did oh, you yeah. see that? Oh yeah. What I was know, the deal uh, with that? They wanted to come show off a tractor trailer. Like, how do you <laughs> even anticipate? There that? There wasn't one parking space that was open. I'm watching yeah. this guy. I'm like, what kind of moron brings a tractor trailer? <laughs> when you look at that, you know, you, you're like, I mean, he didn't have the trailer part. It was just right, the of cab. Yeah. Uh, but still, that's. Uh, uh, the big it, it was radius. it was the place to be. In in fact, even and if you watch a lot of car stuff uh, on YouTube, uh, we had a guest appearance by Shmi Shmi One Fifty. He was in town, so he he oh, was in funny. town and brought his like one of one uh, AMG GT thing. Um, but yeah, so so I've recommended to the event organizers you they've got to get like traffic control. They've got to get some other things, and you know, hopefully, again, this is uh, 
probably the largest one of the year and not going to be growing because you're <laughs> you're just that's wishful thinking the, the capacity it's like yeah. the pure capacity and and again you know, the whole thing is making sure that the community accepts it and and the good news is the the all the restaurants and the shops they made a killing they i wonder how much uh, they make because so here's what i also heard people are telling me don't even go near Mike emails right it, now yeah the line is out the door and I thought, well, this is the whole purpose was for them to get business, right? Yeah, but it is. I mean, the owners of Mike ML just love car stuff. And if you think about it, the the restaurant or a single restaurant has only a certain amount of capacity, right? You have only so much amount of food, number of cooks, a number of, you know, however you cook and stuff like that. So, What other restaurants are there around there? Um, Libs Grill and uh, Looney's. It's right next to Mike Mel's. I've never been there. You can't ask me. I was yeah. thinking that. I didn't know there was any other places to eat <laughs> next. When yep. you say next, because you also have a Best Buy <laughs> down two, your street. Two doors down. Two doors down. On that block. Yeah. There's actually. Yeah, oh, right, that's right on the right corner. There. Right so on the they corner. were open. Because mm-hmm. they've never been open. They've always They're always been open. There. Everyone's ever sitting outside. Because it was cold. But yeah, well, now, but like this weekend, they were anybody. all sitting outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that was uh, that was an eventful, eventful Sunday. And uh, next is... Rob, are you doing anything in the great winter wonderland, car-wise? Well, there was kind of like a false spring where snow melted, it rained, and the salt was off the street. So I uh, I was driving the 996. My wagon was in for brakes uh, last week, and I was taking my kids to school in the 911. They like it? Yeah. Yeah, they're still at that age where... They fit in the back still? Yeah, they fit (laughs) in the back, and yeah. And anything new with the car? No, uh, everything is fine, knock on wood, Yeah. right now. And no, it's just, you know, I got to enjoy it during the fall, spring. Uh, the day before I left for here, it snowed 10 inches. So oh, my goodness. I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, surprising for uh, upstate Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but northern when, lower Michigan. When spring comes around in summer, it's beautiful for the, what, two weeks? <laughs> for the, Yeah, for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, there is there is no shoulder season there. You know, I mean, it doesn't get reliably warm until June and, you know, after Labor Day, it's like somebody flicks a switch and it gets cold again. So, you know, there's, you know, and then the tourists leave. So, I mean, the the time when it's nice, you can't get into the restaurants. It's packed with oh, it's people packed. downtown. Yeah. It's a cherry festival usually. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, how, how was your time down? We didn't get to catch up after Amelia. Yeah. How was everything down there? What was your, what'd you come away with? Came away with the fact that the collector car market is still pretty strong in spite of, of, uh, everything, everyone's, you know, concerns about the economy and, and everything else. Um, and, uh, was there for the, the hangar party, the new event there. So with Bassam Wasif and Johnny Lieberman, and that was fun. I mean, so was, who, who, who hosted that one? Oh God! It's a bridge group. I, somebody they they do high end events all over the country, okay. basically. And um, you know, it was one of those things that was curated without being obviously curated. I mean, it. I I wanted Johnny. I forgot what I said, but it was something like if I, you know, uh, does that mean the word they're not going to start? Because uh, uh, the word curate has been so overused. Right. Are they finally getting rid of that word? Is that like a, I, I don't think like anybody actually used now? the word curated. So I'm saying that it, you know, it was, you know, somebody curated it because somebody invited these cars. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, but whoever did had a really 
eclectic sense of of what they want to do in fight i mean there was some legitimately really interesting cool stuff there. but there a theme to it or no it no, was just that's... basically you know somebody with just a very interesting and eclectic uh you know interesting car has decided to invite everything from a bright orange like 72 saab 99 ems to a monteverdi which like five people on the planet know what that car is so um what's an ems what's that stand for i know what a sob 99 is i, I don't know what it stands for but emergency it, it, medical service well, that's, yeah. that's, that's what i, I can't of. imagine that's what it stands for yeah but it was it was cool it's bright orange with like the the soccer ball wheels and and it was absolutely perfect i haven't seen one of those things in are, are the 99s years. aren't two strokes right no no they're i think they're v4s so you're talking about the market you know, for cars, were there segments that were stronger? Like, I'm sure, you know, perfect example cars will always right. know, be strong, right? And there's and if there's two people fighting for it, it's going to get good money. But you know, in general, I think the under $250,000 stuff is cooling down. I think the really expensive stuff, great examples, seven-figure cars, are still doing fine. I think that, that the you know, the, the one, you know, the, the half of one percenters, I think, uh, believe that inflation is still going to be... Uh, running hot for a while, and I think they look at, at you know durable goods, you know collectibles and things like that is is nice hedges against inflation. So they oh, don't seem I was to just re- to spend. I was just reading actually, Haggerty came out with their um, latest uh, market rating, uh, which I like to read as they come out. I don't know if it's quarterly or so, in every semester. No, it's monthly. And you know it's who, monthly. You know who in, who came up with that. Oh, that was you. That was me. Nice, yeah. nice. Who runs it now? Is it Dave Kinney or something? Uh, or? I think Brian Raybould and and a couple of other people run it now. Mm-hmm. But that was that was my my fabulous parting gift to Haggerty. It was yeah. one of the last things I did. So what I like to uh, see here is, I guess Haggerty thinks that the pandemic is over um, when it comes to car pricing. And uh, as you said, the blue chip, you know, auctions, mm-hmm. um, those cars are still way up. But you see the Haggerty hundred, which are the hundred most insured cars by Haggerty, yeah. I believe. Um, it is back to where it was roughly in 2019. So, Yay, $15,000 SCs, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Of course, of course. <laughs> you wish. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, uh, you know, there's always going to be that period of time where buyers and sellers aren't, you know, the, the seller wants the, you know, six months ago price and, and the buyer is not willing to pay that. So, yeah. So does that mean we, we should wait if we're looking to buy a Porsche? I mean, I would probably say uh, maybe give it a month or two, but now is probably the time to do it, right? Because it's not going to – you can't think that they can fall too much further. Um, they'll go up at some point again. So Yeah. That's yeah, what I would say. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I, that's kind of what I experienced there. There was a C4S, I think, on the Mart when we were looking for Mart Fresh candidates. I don't know if you saw it. It was a yeah. 0304. And they're racing thirty eight thousand back in the thirties for yeah. And I thought yeah. this is a pretty what? good deal. The mileage yeah. wasn't like um was wasn't like crazy high. It, How much thirty eight? Thirty eight or thirty nine? Yeah, I I haven't was seen that, that one yet. Gray? No, I think it was black. Oh. Not, that's any better because that's making yeah. this nightmare. But nonetheless, to get a uh, wow nine six point two. Yeah, I've been noticing that stuff. Um, huh. That seems like more within reason. You know, I'd. You know, if I were in the market, a $38,000 C4S is That's right nice. around where you want it. Yeah. Right. You know, I've been looking at 996 turbos again. And, you know, the seventy five to 80,000 mile cars are kind of back, you know, in the low to mid 50s for people who mm. really want to sell the car. I mean, mm. you know, there's still people asking in the 70s for those cars. And I don't think they're moving with that. Yeah. Mm. I think we should put a uh, 
just as a favor for Paul, for Paul Gentili. Yeah. He's looking for a Cayman R. He is looking for a uh, manual R. transmission. He's looking for a unicorn. <laughs> yes. Um, he didn't save the price range, but I think he's uh six figures. No, I'm kidding. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> I mean, those Willing to pay to, six figures. I mean, you know, for what's the the green that Peridot? Peridot. Yeah, Peridot. Peridot. I forgot. Yeah, Peridot they, green is that was their their launch color. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Peridot green is interesting. I mean, those cars were bumping up against yeah. you know a hundred for a while, weren't they? Yeah. So they were the twin of the 987 Spider. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, same drivetrain. Yeah. Aluminum uh, hood, uh, aluminum doors, mm-hmm. um, almost exactly the same. I think the spider mm-hmm. they probably not that they made a whole lot of spiders either. That was a pretty no, fairly low, yeah. not not well, by not by the design. It was just by sales because people saw how convoluted the top was and they opted for the um, power top. But um, I don't know how what the I would think there'd be less Caymans than the spiders. Hmm. I think you're oh. right. Just okay, so around the table, away. if you had the choice, equal equipment on both cars, would you take a Spider or would you take a Cayman R? I know Damon's going to say. I know Damon's going to say. Cayman R. Yeah. I would take a Spider. Uh, I love a 97 Spider. 97 with the, Spider you know, is... Carbon buckets and a manual. That's, that's, I, mean, I would yeah. do it all day long. That's all day long. That is the pure total experience. Could you yeah. live without the seats? What's up? Could you live without the seats? Without seats in the car? Sport no, without the, yeah. <laughs> yes, without seats in <laughs> like, the car. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, without the, the sport buckets. Oh, I, I can, Remember, they, I, came, they came standard with sport buckets. I yeah. would love it if it had sport buckets, yeah. but if it didn't, I would put something sporty could in there. Could you do a PDK? Oh, I could do a PDK. Right. I, w- I would prefer manual because I yeah. think that would be more like in tune with that that car and everything it tries to do, but I could totally live with a PDK. That car just car. sounds so good. Yeah, it's... um. Man, were we at Sebring when you first drove that? I remember. Yeah, I remember. I forgot who from Porsche we did the video with. Yeah. I remember he needed like an hour of practice to take it down the top before we put him on video. Yeah. I remember I was just, we were just sitting in the car waiting for him. We could see him in the mirror, uh, fooling around the top, trying to get the top down. So it would look like he knew exactly how to take the top right. down, but he had not done it that much. So he didn't want to look like it was his first time taking the top down on video. I remember when we filmed that car. Um, this was our early YouTube days, Damon. Um, it was a Sebring in like the back part of the uh, racetrack. We yeah, were. yeah. And uh, I remember seeing that the, the back end of that car is just gorgeous, and yeah. like the, the speedster humps and everything. I was like, to me, that's just that's that's where it's at. That's just a yeah. No, I mean, it kind of reminds me like of a tiny Carrera GT or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love those cars. So uh, yeah. So uh, make a comment on the uh, YouTube uh, page if you. Uh, have a car for sale for Paul. <laughs> Cayman R. <laughs> are we? Are you getting commissioned or something? I know. I feel bad for the guy. I don't we, feel he, bad for him. He sold his M3, and we finally got him to the dark side to buy another Porsche, not a... Uh, uh, you know he's not suffering in the Porsche inventory. Oh, I know that, but it's just yeah. to get him out of the whole BMW phase <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he's evidently lost with. So I did find out uh, what the EMS stands for. It's pretty awesome. Very sobbish. Uh, the E is electronic fuel injection. Uh-huh. The M is manual transmission. And the S is special. <laughs> <laughs> we would have never guessed that in a million years. That's funny. <laughs> electronic fuel injection. special. Yeah. Electronic oh. fuel injection, manual transmission special. You know, and you know they sat through a meeting deciding on that, right? They probably, think, that's definitely I think a, a that's compromise. A great idea. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. We'll take a little bit of everything. Wow. Yeah, and what, what, what is the SHO? Super high output, output yeah, super Ford, and then Corrado SLC Sports Luxury Coupe. Now tell, us what, yeah, tell us what GTO stands for. 
Ooh, I was about Grand, to say Grand Theft something, Grand but Turismo yeah, it's not like Ah, yeah. oh, there yeah. we go. Yep. Homologation. But is that <laughs> yeah. what that means for in the Pontiac world too? No, they just yeah. thieved it. Yeah. They, yeah, just, they, they just took it. Sounded cool, right? Yeah. You know, I think it John DeLorean cool. just yeah. decided to see it. Speaking of which, did you guys watch the John DeLorean um, documentary that just came out on Netflix? Yeah. I watched the one that came out like a year ago, yeah. and there's another the one. one. There's another one. Really? This one doesn't paint him in such great light. It really does. I mean, like, you know the whole cocaine deal and trying to save it all but right this one really that he was acquitted for yeah i know yeah. i know but you know people are like coming out and just talking about his personality mm-hmm. and you know his before he became you know big at gm or whatever and it was really interesting to watch it really was and and, and they went into the whole um you know the, the the deloreans i didn't know this but they were a special factory in belfast and you know, the government gave him money to open yeah, up. The yeah. British yeah. government gave him millions of pounds. Lots of promises, yeah. and then people got burned. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. No, they were, they were trying like to. Like car manufacturing? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Bring jobs to Northern Ireland. And yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh. You know, I did learn totally different topic when you were talking about John DeLorean, I guess, like a son of famous automotive people. Um, so, you know, I really admire Ferdinand Pieck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he had a very um, controversial personality, uh, but uh, what, for what he did for, for Porsche, and I guess Volkswagen as well, and Audi and whatnot, uh, you know, it, it's somebody I wish I would have met. Uh, but I found something uh, new researching an article that I never knew. Um, so, you know, he's had a lot of children from different wives. And this is why you like him, or no? I'm hoping you're not, <laughs> yeah, right? hoping you're not going to edit. You're not going to edit this. This is. I'm. A... I'm. I'm. I'm, also, I'm on finger on the red button right here. <laughs> so remember, uh, Ferry Porsche had four four uh, sons. Uh huh. And remember the farmer's name, uh, Gerhardt. Uh, yeah, or Gerd. Gerd. Yeah. Gerd. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, Pieck had an affair with Gerd's wife. Okay. Yes, I do recall that story. Uh, I never heard that story. Oh. Never heard that story? No. Where would you hear that story? It's not a Netflix special talking about it. I'm pretty sure you told me. No. Uh, I, I read I, it and I was I, like... It doesn't surprise me because I, I, I know no. the story. Anyways, well, this is news to me. Anyways, yeah. the, um, <laughs> the the family was... Uh, it sounds like the Porsche family was uh, more pissed off that the Pieck family wasn't that surprised by it. And they were married for 12 years. Had like four kids. And wow. uh, so that like really... Uh, uh, I was researching that what happened in 70 to around 73, you know, when the family um, was uh, let go of management from mm-hmm, Porsche, mm-hmm. And, you know. And so in 1970, they have the big meeting, uh, Louisa, Ferry Porsche's sister and Ferry Porsche. So the Pieck and Porsche families have a meeting and uh, it goes terribly. Yeah. Um, they're arguing, um, they're bickering. And at that point, Ferry Porsche realizes that they can't continue with the family managing Porsche. They got to get outside people to do it. And um, they said what further cemented the uneasiness between the two families was when Pieck had the affair with Gerd's wife. And uh, then they went on to uh, the uh, the other Pieck uh, family member who tried to uh, sell the shares to the Arabs in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, that freaked Porsche out as too. But anyways, the... Uh, the whole affair thing was something. Uh, I'm like, this is like a Netflix special waiting I, to happen. I, I definitely knew that before. I, I'm surprised it wasn't you that told me. No, I, I don't I'm know how. Pretty I know sure that it's then. all new. I've never. Huh. 
family. Yeah, I mean, was it uh, Biggie said, more money, more problems, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you like Trader Joe's and what, Aldi, right? And all these other like shoe companies and yeah, it's uh, when you come big business, lots of problems come along with it. Yeah. But I want to. I want the opportunity to see this true. <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> enjoy what we have. Our simple lives. Our simple lives. Um, speaking of articles, let's go into some news because we've got. Uh, we're going to bring on Melanie here in a bit, talking about uh, parade registration. In the news, we see uh, a like a lifeline. A little bit has been given out. Oh my God! Everyone. Uh... <laughs> But I don't really think it's a true lifeline. You know, and, and in our Chesapeake region chat, I'm like just biting my lip because everyone thinks this is uh, EVs are done with and we're all going to have a uh, no. uh, Porsche is not developing the gas engine anymore. Yeah. Um, they're going to keep it for the GT cars. Um, but you're, that's why you're not seeing horsepower increases anymore. It, it's just uh, aero. Um, and this is basically Porsche trying to extend the life of the uh, EV and may, maybe make their transition to the EV a little bit smoother. So if you understand that, then yes, uh, you can hold out hope. Um, but uh, it's still going to be an expensive gas. I know they're saying, uh, what was it, $9 a gallon by 2026 yeah, or something along those lines. That's what they think yeah. it's going to be. But it, it still takes a lot of energy to produce this type of uh, e-fuel Um yeah, e-fuels is going to be like a boutique, you know, resource. It's, it's not for the mainstream person. I, I keep saying so. the uh, the cars that this fuel will be used for will be very expensive in the future. Yeah. And it'll be, you said, sports cars, something people have fun with. It won't be the main yeah, form of transportation. We're, we're going to be the equestrian society. Yeah. People that have these cars <laughs> that you put explosive chemicals in and you go fly around a track not very fast. Like, yeah. like at some point, like, people are going to look at our... 300 horsepower cars or 400 horsepower cars and go, man, those are slow. I mean, look at, look at your normal seventies hot rod, right? Like big tired Camaros or even like a Dodge Challenger, you know, even with a big block back in the day, those cars aren't even as fast as today's Honda Accord. So at some point our cars are going to be slow, right? What's going to be crazy is how good or bad people are going to be driving these cars that are going to be way faster. And hopefully there's going to be, Probably a lot more controls to help them from yeah. hurting themselves. But, yeah, we're going to become like a boutique. But here's the thing with EV cars that I still, the government um, and manufacturers are still going to have to help make better. And and I think until you start seeing charging stations everywhere, working, easy to use, like we, you know, how we roll into a gas station now. Like, it's so simple, right? And it all works and everybody knows how to use it. Like, until that happens... It's going to be hard to have people that don't own a home move over to the EV side. Ten years, give it ten years. Ten years, probably. Oh, and I, I and I hope they do. I'm just saying, right now, if if you if you live in an apartment or you live in a townhouse, let's say without a garage, like an, owning an EV is not convenient. Yeah. Back right. in the '90s, it took an hour to download a high res photo, one photo. Yeah, and yeah. now we're streaming high def movies on your phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so. I mean, the thing is, two people have gotten gotten very clever about you know about charging i mean for example you know ever been to a sonic restaurant been a every while. single one of those places should have a level two charger oh and like the drive yeah kind of exactly place. so you Who can sonic? And charge i don't there are <laughs> plenty there. of them you <laughs> know, know by roadsides but i mean just being able to do something else while you're charging would be yeah. a big deal i think yeah and then i guess the compatibility are so our chargers 
Like, do you, like Tesla, do they they allow other cars to charge on their platforms yet? They're going to be switching over. Yep. They've started. That's part they of started. the government. Okay. Yeah. yeah, not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, but uh, that's part. The government's basically giving them I think money ha- to do that. I think you have to. Yeah. But then will Tesla people be upset that a Chevy Bolt is now taking up space yeah. in so, there? So what's, I, what they were reserved. It was like it's essentially reserved parking before they open it up to others, right? So you could only park your Tesla. So you knew you would have a charging station, and they're great charging stations. But now if they're opening it up to every, you know. When that car. was announced, I remember a Tesla stock went up that day mm. because it's added revenue. Mm. So I was just reading uh, when I was researching for eBreak today, um, autoblog.com has a uh, Kia EV6 press car that they wanted to take to a supercharger. And they're based out of Michigan. There are no Tesla superchargers that allow other cars to charge in Michigan. So they had to drive five hours to New York at this point to find a charger to charge it. Oh. And you also have to think, so Kias, which Kia, Hyundai, Porsche, they all, they all have rematch technology, uh, has the 800 volt technology like Porsche does. Tesla's superchargers are 400 volts and they actually work worse on 800 volt cars than 400 volt oh. cars. Huh. And so you're charging it like 50 kilowatts instead of the 150 to 270 that, hmm. you know, the, the supercharger for a Tesla will do or, you know, the top charger for a Taycan will do for that car. So the t- technologies don't really mesh yet. Um, you can do it, you know, but here's another thing. So Tesla superchargers, the um, uh, the little the dongle at the end of the cord that you put in the car, the charger, uh-huh. it's the length. It's only supposed to reach the back right or passenger rear right quarter panel which is where all tesla superchargers are oh but not so all if it's in the cars. middle of the vehicle or on a different side then right your car like a tycon is up by the front fenders you'd have to obviously you turn can the car around. turn around turn on the car but there are some cars that have it in the middle oh. you know in different places so it'll be interesting to see how the they'll the figure tesla... it out like manny said like you know we used to have these big tube tvs in our house you know we if you wanted a projector remember, remember how expensive the flash oh, screen yeah. was yeah well, yeah. not only flat sc- screen. At first, it was just a flat, uh, yeah, flat screen. But then you ended up. Yeah, I had a tube TV with a flat screen. The, yeah, yeah. It was a Sony <laughs> XBR. You remember those? It was I, something I was, like that. I was in heaven. It weighed like 400 pounds. But because it had a flat screen, I thought it was like so slick. And then they came with the ones that were so thin that you can mount on your. Like, it's it's going to come around. Yeah. We're, we're going to be able to experience all this. And it's okay. going to be cool because the power. An electric car is crazy. In our lifetimes, they're still going to be having gas. Oh, yeah. Uh, there may not be making new gas stations like there's no yep. new malls coming out. Right. Uh, but uh, there's not. it's not going to be reversed where you're looking for a gas station. You can't so do it. you think, I know none of us are economy majors, I don't think, no. but as more people go to electric for their cars, less demand on fuel, does that mean fuel will become more expensive because it's not, you know, a economies of scale or will it become cheaper? Probably cheaper. Actually, I actually read something on this. In the short term, it'll become cheaper as demand falls, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, they're going to start closing refineries and supplies. Yeah. Uh, start to, yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be more expensive. You know, with, with inflation, if you notice, um, it's what the market bears. So if you notice the price has not come down, even though everyone says now the cost of goods has come down. That doesn't mean that the retailers are reducing the price. Right. Because if people are already willing to pay this much right. for a loaf of bread, 
who in the right mind would lower it? Yeah. Let's just keep it. Let's let's keep it at eighty percent profit margin instead of going back to a twenty because people now are used to paying X amount for a loaf of bread mm. or, or or a uh, a gallon of milk. Mm. It's uh, it's going to take someone to come forward and say, "Well, heck, I, I'll sell it at a twenty percent markup because I want to corner this market and go by volume." Then mm-hmm. everyone else follows suit. But this is why, like in food, you're not seeing big drops, no. even though the cost is going down. That people are saying, well. People are used to paying five dollars a gallon for gas. Maybe we shouldn't reduce it. Yeah, just a few years ago, we were like getting in line to pay for three dollars a gallon, and then 1992 doesn't seem like it was that long ago to me, but I know it's 30 some years ago. But I remember in my, back to my Fox body. I had I, hair back then when I moved <laughs> when I moved from from Maryland to Boston. I was like, I cannot believe the gas in Boston is twenty five cents more than Maryland. It went from I went from paying fifty cents a gallon to seventy five cents a gallon wow. for super in nineteen ninety two. Wow, I remember paying a dollar <laughs> something in the mid two thousands. Yeah, I don't think those numbers are right. Yeah, I did. 75 cents. Oh, maybe it was no no, a dollar 50. I'm sorry. A dollar 50. Back in the 50s. It was a dollar it was a dollar 50 in Maryland and a dollar 75. Yeah, I was, was going to say, say I have no recollection yeah, yeah. of under a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't remember no, that far I'm back. Thinking, I'm older than Boo and yeah. I never paid less than a dollar in this uh, country. Yeah, a dollar 50. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. A dollar 50. Did you hear Were that you like we... filling up in Kuwait or something? <laughs> Did, did you hear that Maryland actually is the uh, next state? Uh, the governor has already signed into, I think, law that by 2035, Maryland will be EV only, or you can't sell gasoline-powered cars. Can't sell them, but you can yeah. still use them. You can still use them, but yeah. just like California and, yeah. and Europe, Maryland is now Yeah, but as they get closer, so far, as yeah. they get closer things can yeah. change. Right. <laughs> and, and, I, then, I, and then we circle back yeah. to the e-gas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if the e-gas yeah. actually uh, does take off and become available. Yeah. You know, this is exactly what Robert told me when I mentioned this to him. <laughs> It'll never happen by 2035. We'll keep right. pushing it back. Yeah. I just wrote a column on this. And and honestly, they're <laughs> oh, not going to mandate. going to get a lot of hate mail. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I already did. Right? <laughs> but, you know, but the, the fact is, until the infrastructure is ready, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to they're not going to hold fast to those mandates. You know, if the infrastructure is not there, yeah. you know, everybody depends on personal mobility, personal to, way too much to, yeah. to screw it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, speaking of uh, electric cars, we did have an article on the um, and, you know, this is not this is not like they stage this right like when they have these these cars running around being tested and stuff like that. They, they know I, people I don't out think there. they do. You think so? Yeah, because it was in Sweden, and I think it's just a matter of fact that they they know they're going to be caught at some yeah. point. They prefer not to. Yeah. Um, you're talking about the Boxster EV. Yeah, yeah, the Boxster yeah. EV. Which, to, to uh, Damon's point, the charger is actually in the center where the license plate would go, right above it. That's where the, in the charging back. port in is. The back. Yeah. And they've got the exhaust... Uh, like the a, shape a, of an exhaust, exhausting yeah, in the yeah. back. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, they, uh, according to Damon, that may not fit the, the Tesla. But what I meant by in the middle was the middle of the like between the, the front wheels. and rear wheels oh, okay. sort of okay. thing. Like, a, but no, I, I gotta, don't think many cars are like that. I gotta think this crew when they went out, they go, you know what? They're, we're gonna let people see what's coming up. They know people are going to take photos. I don't know. Remember when we were in Weissach, they kept everything covered. Even I think though we somebody forgot that, to but close that, that. But that's when they're in Weissach. I totally get it. Like when they're in Weissach, they don't expect people. Because I've seen spy photos uh, um, where the, the the drivers are very annoyed because they've been spotted. Uh, and, you know, you could see they're they're trying to get yeah. away uh, from because they want to blend in. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, well, uh, you can't blend in when you've got cars like taped up in mass and different wheels, and you've got test equipment. Everybody, everybody knows. Remember, they, remember when the iPhone five I think came out, 
and the employee of Apple left it at a bar. Oh yeah, and, I remember. Uh, that. I remember and, that. and everyone was saying it was staged because um, nobody would be that <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, that and it and it got to a magazine that like re- opened it up and reviewed it and everything, and they yeah. said this was all part of the plan to like leak out the uh-huh. Apple. It was five or six or one of the uh, models. I can't remember, but I remember the fact that everyone started theorizing that it wasn't an accident that the guy left it at the bar on purpose. He was a, a tester mm-hmm. for Apple. So I what I gotta say is the spy photos show it's heavily disguised but it's still a, a great looking it's car. a boxster it's, it's a boxster uh, for sure yeah uh, you can tell it has like the tycon treated uh front end right with the lights and everything and and most of all it's um going to be sold alongside the gas version mm-hmm. so they're not going uh completely cold turkey so what are you what are look you're being charged you see a tesla was it a tesla, yeah, it was a tesla charger oh there you go <laughs> yeah so what, what are your thoughts on you know they're going to be selling side by side you think more people going to pick up Electric ones or more people are going to pick That'll up gas ones? That'll be an interesting uh, question. Um, I think people uh, in metropolitan areas will pick up the EV. And those who don't have charging stations uh, or plan to take it on long trips may go for the gas version. I think people will take the electric one. I, think, I, think, when, I think when they go for a test drive, yes, I'm sure the, the, the ICE one will sound amazing. But when their head gets smushed into that headrest and it still handles like a Porsche and drives like a Porsche. I think your average Porsche buyer would go electric. All right. What do you think they're going to sell more of manual gas cars or EVs? EVs. EVs for sure. end, obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, the manual cars are just gonna, I mean, it's going to be half a percent of what they sell. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they're just going away. They really are. It's sad in a lot of ways, but it's the reality. And uh, and they're probably going to sell a ton of black ones, gray ones, silver ones, white ones. <laughs> they yeah. won't be colorful ones. Yeah. I mean, just, just look in the parking lot. It's crazy. I, like Enthusiasts cry about all that all the time. But, you know, people, when it comes down to putting down your money, that's what people buy. So, all right, one more, and then we're going to bring in Melanie. Uh, the article you chose about market capitalization. Oh, so so where Porsche stands in Germany, uh, so market cap is you know basically you add up all the stocks, the mm-hmm. value of the stocks and all the stocks available, and you come up with basically a market cap. That's a very simplified, uh, simple version explanation. They are fourth wow. in Germany. Uh, above them is SAP, Siemens, Deutsche Telekom, and then Porsche AG. Above Mercedes, wow. above Volkswagen, it's yeah. at 110 billion. Now, if you remember, at one point, Tesla was uh, $1 trillion, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. They've dropped a huge amount uh, since Elon decides to tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's uh, above BMW. That's, 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 that's a lot. That's impressive. I'm going to say Oliver Bloom can pretty much uh, write whatever he wants as far as his salary goes. The because, man's got uh, the Midas he, touch. Um, <laughs> he can write a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. And SAP, SE, it's a – I'm looking it up now. It's a – software company oh yeah it's a huge uh personnel i think uh hr type of uh i think that that's what they uh, specialize they've been around for a long time so the fact that porsche advertising in airports it's the only time and and f1 they they, they, see them in f1 a lot too right um so yeah that's uh pretty impressive impressive. for a a little Mm -hmm. uh sports car company that uh not too long ago was struggling and now look where they are. Well, that's what you get when you're, what is it profit margin wise right now? Around 18, 19% going for 20. Push is 20. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's unheard. I mean, 14, oh. 15 is best in, in the industry. I want to say. 
So that's crazy. So speaking of Germany, the market, and you mentioned airports, and we got a text from our friends. I hear there's like a strike going on, and um, Rob and I are going to Essen in a couple of weeks. Sucks to be you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I love the empathy. Yep. I would imagine in uh, two or three weeks, whenever you go, it's. Well, you were just telling a- the story about your parents getting stuck, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to get stuck. I mean, it's not a bad place to get stuck, but. Well, it's not. It's not a bad place when everyone's working. Yeah. If oh, you can't right. go buy yeah. pretzels, if you can't get this. Then, right. Right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Disney World's a great place, but if Disney World ain't open, yeah, <laughs> or you don't want to get stuck sick in yeah. Europe. Oh yes, Mister Sass, yeah. we were worried for you for that one. Eats one salad, and he's so delicate. That I know. He, uh, what, what was he's it? Hospitalized. It was like a spinach salad or something. No, it was raw cabbage. Raw cabbage. Yeah. I am not going to eat raw cabbage don't, when I don't go. do it. Wait a minute! Doesn't Vietnamese food all? Uh, it's all cabbage, right? No, or Korean. That's pickled, I know. Pickled, pickled you, cabbage. You take, pickled. you take me cabbage is a big uh, pickled ingredient. cabbage. You're talking about honey pig, honey pig, honey pig. Yeah, all that's right. pickled cabbage. That's okay. kimchi. That's kimchi. Yeah. So it's cooked by the enzymes. <laughs> all right. So on that, it's we're fermented. gonna take a, anything else, Mister Rob, before you uh, transfer out of here and we bring in Melanie. Not that I can think of. All right. All right. Hold one second. We'll bring Melanie on. And we're back with National Events Manager, Melanie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is not your first time on the podcast. It's your second one, right? Third. Third one. Wow. How Keeping do you track. the second one? I don't know. I wasn't here for the this, second one. This is our 56 episode, so they all kind of run together. But uh, we brought you on today to talk about Porsche Parade Round 2 registration. Well, you know, yes. the stress level I can, I can, is very palpable right now in the office oh my because gosh. we're getting close to phase two. So when you're listening to this, we're going to be, is it uh, next Wednesday? Yep. Next Wednesday? Yes. April 5th. Yeah. yeah April 5th. So uh, that's D-Day for um, certain people in the office. Uh, poor Levi, who's our new registrar, uh, he is sweating bullets and we're giving him some nightmare scenarios yeah. of everyone Melanie, registering. <laughs> as well as Robert mm-hmm. and uh, the folks that are running the IT stuff. And of course, the all the, the parade chair and the parade and mainly because yeah. phase two is much more intense in registering as a uh, entrant than phase one is. Phase one, you just select. You're saying yes, I'm coming to parade. Uh, please give me my hotel code, and and that's about it. It's yep. not very complicated. Phase two is when you have to pick everything for a parade. So Melanie just came back from a site visit, uh, of which there's been several, yep. and uh, so I told her I said maybe you can give us some hints. Or tips on what events, what things we should uh, really think about registering. So that's what everyone's going to be asking for. Yes, should I do everything? We usually tell people, you know, don't load up on everything because you're going to want some free days to kind of explore. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the resort. Well, the resort is amazing. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Obviously, it's going to be warm there. La Quinta? But- La Quinta? La Quinta. Not, not the budget hotel. Yeah. No, not at all. I think, yep, there's some pictures. I mean, it's absolutely stunning all the rooms are gorgeous um the staff is great so the the host resort in itself is just mesmerizing you're surrounded by all these mountains but they're not the mountains i'm used to they sort of look like transformers getting ready to get up like autobots or something but it's super cool um that's actually where we're going to hold the welcome social but the welcome dinner is inside so there's a lot of resort activities but there's so much in the area to do that it's pretty amazing um the tours are lined up from tuesday to friday and um they put so much in there's one to big bear lake which was founded i guess 1845 
Lake Arrowhead, Arrowhead Village, which has a bunch of shopping. Julian, California, which is known for gold mining and apple pie. Yep, apple pie is down there. Yeah, I had no idea about the it's apple pie. my neck pie. of the woods. Yeah. That's what everyone goes there for. There's two pie places and lines are out the door for both. Really? I don't know what they're called. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And then there's, um, so first time since Boca, there's going to be an off-road SUV tour, weather permitting. Oh, nice. Let's go through the Painted Canyon Road um, and the Little Box Canyon Trail. What's the, what's the park that looks like you're on the moon that you drive to? That's not far from Palm Springs. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to say Joshua. Joshua no. Tree? The Joshua been there. Tree? Yeah. It doesn't look like the moon to me. Oh, At my least gosh. Where I've been. Yeah. I thought you were talking about maybe a studio in Hollywood or something. No, no. Yeah. It's like when you go out there, it's like it looks like you're literally on the moon. Like You don't see anything that looks remotely close to Earth. Except Joshua Trees. Yeah. Exactly, and, and like desert, desert. That's rock, Joshua Tree. Big yeah. old rocks, and he was dropping, yeah. he was dropping acid when he did that trip. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Manny, yeah, edit, edit. <laughs> um, Joshua Tree is actually one of the destination drives we suggest, as well as Temecula for the wineries. Um, so the drives for people who've never done parade or signing up, um, they can be an all day thing. Yep. Um, and so you gather in the morning. To me, this is the cool part of a parade. And tours, so they gather like eight in the morning, uh, sometimes, sometimes earlier, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, they usually have coffee there. It's in the parking lot, the hotel, or nearby. It's almost like yeah, a nearby. mini cars and coffee um, in the morning, up. and then you uh, go out. There's a lunch provided. Yep, most of them end the tour. Technically, ends at lunch. But then you're welcome to come back the same way or go a different route, maybe hit one of those destination drives. So it can definitely be an all-day thing or a half-a-day thing, depending on how, what you want to make so of you, it. So you're basically driving your car and enjoying your Porsche, but it's not competitive. It's uh, yep. It's more of a couple's thing. And uh, you know, at lunch, it's a great way to meet new friends and you know, discuss the roads and whatnot. And yep. Couples, as long as you want to talk to each other with the navigating later. I mean... <laughs> Somebody might want to go with a friend if their wife, such as me, is not would, a good navigator. You would think it's like a 5K. You're just following the car in front of you. Oh, you would think. Oh, would no, because one car makes a mistake, and then you have a train of cars yeah. behind you that just follows. Yeah. The domino effect. Um, of course, that's you know low-key, but then we definitely have the big competition events. Mm-hmm. Um, the concours on Monday. The Historics display is going to be celebrating 75 years of Porsche. Then Tuesday, we have the TSD rally, which goes through Co- Coachella Valley. And the San Andreas Fault, um, Wednesday Autocross, Thursday the Gimmick Rally, and then Friday we have the Historical and Tech. Autocross in one day. Both actually Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, Wednesday. Sorry. Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then we have the fun things like RC cars and sim racing and the juniors at parade. And then there's resort activities. There's cooking classes. There's pasta, sweets, grilling. And I think there's a... Don't forget our after-hours lounge. Went Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And the after-hours lounge may feature something more along like a tequila tasting one oh, night. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that where we play music? We do. It's so after-hours. Doesn't technically say music in it. Music and and. So I thought the tasting. combination of dancing and tequila tasting is going to make for some interesting content. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We'll make sure Bob sign there. That you, you may be videotaping. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then we have hospitality open um, all week. Sim racing's open all week. We have the RC cars. Now, hospitality is where is like the center of parade where people come to hang out. It's uh, the vendors leave like by Wednesday, Thursday morning, Thursday. Yeah. yeah. But that's uh, hospitality still stays open, and there's always snacks and drinks, and it's just a good place if you're gonna meet up with someone or just come hang out and. Uh, 
yep. and talk about what you did for today or what you're doing. They have these um, big uh, bulletin boards, I guess, uh, that usually have stuff for sale, mm-hmm. uh, tickets and uh, tour tickets and whatnot for yep. sale. So, you know, if you couldn't get into the Joshua Tree uh, tour, just go to that bulletin board in hospitality, and I guarantee you're going to find someone selling their tickets to that tour because uh, they couldn't make it. You know, they signed up so long ago. Uh, that something else came up. So I always tell people, go right to there if you're looking for a banquet or tour tickets. Yep. Now, a common question that uh, that we get every year is, uh, you know, people want to come that aren't registered for parade. And actually, there's only one day. If you're not registered for parade, if you don't have a hotel, and you just want to <clears> drive up and just see what's going on, you can only do that on Monday. Monday. And that's the concourse. Yep. And yep. hospitality, you can venture into hospitality, but it is on the resort property. Yeah. Um, so hospitality, you can visit. And if you're a PCA member, you can go into the store. When you say okay. it's on resort property, does that mean that you have to have parking pass to park there? or There's no parking passes per se, but given the amount of people we have coming, the parking is going to be tight. Oh, yeah. So, but the concourse is over at the golf course, the Mountain Dunes Golf Course, which is located adjacent. Um, so there'll be plenty of parking over there. It's a good one to see, especially if you want to dip your toes into parade, not necessarily commit to a whole week. It's a good one to see just yeah, like the Bruce energy. Said, and- that's usually the only place you're going to see almost all the cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, being in the parking lot or at the uh, at the concourse itself, because after that, you come on a Tuesday or Wednesday. People are out on tours. You know, they come and people go, oh, there's not many cars here. And you're like, well, yeah, everyone left in the morning to go do their own thing. You know, yep. tours, rally, autocross, whatnot. So it's uh, there's so much going on at Parade yeah. uh, that when you register, I guess the registration helps you. Like if you, um, you register for something, does it still tell you? Uh, this is going to conflict with uh, the autocross you're registered for? Yes, yes it does. Uh, Robert's it does. telling us yes and no. Yeah, it does. Yep, and then it'll you know it'll let you know you have to have your you have to register with your car, so then you can move your car into the certain things you want to do, like say a concourse or an autocross. Um, and there's some of them like the gimmick rally where you necessarily don't have to drive your Porsche. So if you want to drive something else, that's fine. Um, let's see, and then we have all the banquets. We have the Pirelli Welcome Banquet. We have an off-site dinner this year at the Palm Springs Air Museum, which is amazing. I didn't send Robert a picture of that, but cool. super cool. Then we have the Porsche Concourse de Elegance. We have the TSD um, rally, uh, banquet. We have Michelin Autocross banquet and the Victory banquet hosted by Reliable. So plenty of things to do. The website is full of um, information. So definitely go through that before jumping into phase two next week. Sort of have your punch list of things you want to get into. You can like add stuff to your cart and go back and check out later. But that said, you don't. Your process is not complete till you check out. Right. And a lot of these events fill up. What right. usually? What sells out the quickest? Tours. Tours. Tours still. Yeah, because they're so. limited to a certain amount. So the tours, um, banquets. There's a usually usually a little more flexibility on. You know, the autocross we have a pretty big limit on, but the tours are definitely your first. So thing if you we were going to give advice to someone, I, it would probably be uh, go ahead of time. Go ahead of time and look at this. Uh, website and uh, can you go you can't go into the registration site yet but you can no. see the description of the uh of the tours right yep actually the website will have more detailed description and information than the registration site okay so uh go down look at the tour look at the times and the days 
pick that out, and and I would also pick out your second and third choice. Yes. In case, and then you got to check out to actually get it. Right? Yeah, yep. Right. You have to check out to be officially registered, and there is a wait list for most of them, and there will be people that drop off, but the wait list. But if you go in, we're and not going to get through everyone. And you sign up for the tours and check out, then you'll be in the tours. Yes. Because if you, otherwise, if you're in, the, if you got it. You're in there and you're registered for it and you see it and you're, you know, as your confirmation, you have it. Because this isn't like a supermarket. Just because you put it in your shopping cart doesn't mean. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, you it's not yours out. until you pay for it. Yep. And that means checking out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so you, if you want a pro tip, uh, uh, look at those tours because they sell up because of the limited quantities yep. uh, that people that go on a tour. Check out and go back in and add stuff like the uh, banquets, yep. the uh, uh, competitive events. Um, and we have forgot to talk about Tech Tactics. There's Tech oh, Tactics. Yes, there's Tech Tactics Live. There's uh, Porsche will be ho- hosting seminars in their hospitality space. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wednesday mm-hmm. usually when Porsche does their uh, seminars. Last year, for people that didn't realize it, or because Porsche unfortunately told us at the last second that what they were doing, so we weren't able to advertise it. Hopefully, they'll tell us earlier this year. Yep. Um, but uh, we still had a, a, a pretty packed room, and we had Grant Larson. Uh, Boris Appernick, the head mm-hmm. of exclusive, mm-hmm. and uh, they pretty much answered any question people had about uh, PTS, about things were designed. It was just an incredible opportunity, and they did two of them in one day. And it was um, uh, some incredible seminars that I uh, wish we were able to record it, but we didn't get permission. We couldn't get permission to record it. But on Thursday, we do um, uh, the What's My Porsche Worth with Nathan Mers, where we pick four or five Porsches. From the uh, from the parking lot, and uh, Nathan pretty much goes over, talks about values, yep. talks about the car, and then Friday is uh, Tech Tactics Parade. Uh, for those of you that can't make it on the East or West Coast, this is a good opportunity to see what get a flavor of Tech Tactics, and we'll have multiple speakers in different rooms, uh, putting different presentations. Well, Robert's coming out this year, uh, and we'll uh, once again uh, record a lot of them and broadcast it either live. Or uh, show it uh, later in the week. Yep, and we also have Porsche, the parade of Porsches, on Saturday, and oh, then that's always awesome. Um, a couple other. I just thought of the destination drives that you know, and you're you're in the area. It's a little bit further away, but great experiences are obviously um, the Porsche Experience Center mm-hmm. and uh, the Peterson Museum. So they're also so on the how destination far away drive. is Palm Springs from LA? Two and a half, two and a half, maybe hours? three, depending yeah, on traffic. Depending on traffic, not yeah. horrible. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of airports. You can you can fly directly into Palm Springs. Yep. Yep. You can fly to Ontario, mm-hmm. and you can fly to John Wayne, and you can fly into LAX. Yep. So there's a number of airports you can go if you're willing to, you know, get a rental car and drive. So drive someone up. from the East Coast who uh, maybe has never been to the Peterson, uh, that's probably going to obviously be an all day uh, tour because you get to the Peterson. Oh I yeah. I guess you're going to have yeah. lunch at some point. Tour to Peterson, yep. which could take easily a couple hours. That's that's a haul of a tour to go yeah. from Palm Springs to the Peterson, then tour and then drive back. Yeah. We won't see them all day. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to have a lot of energy for that. Yeah. But, but yeah. that's a great tour. I mean, oh, it's yeah. a fantastic yeah. tour. Oh, yeah. Peterson. And I don't know what kind of exhibit they'll have then, but it'll be, uh, it's worth it if you've never been to uh, the Peterson and you, especially if you live on the East Coast. If you live in California, you can you can probably see it whenever, but on the East Coast, that'll be a nice opportunity. Yeah, on the East Coast, I would take advantage of it while you're out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So lots lots of things, um, and there's even more events being added. 
you know, more tours and stuff like that that we'll have up by next week. There should be one more tour. So the key is, obviously, if you're listening to this on Monday when this podcast comes out, you still have time to go and look at that website and get familiar with what the events are. Uh, so when you get on the on the registration and be mm-hmm. patient if there's if it's hard to get on at first because we're going to have what almost a thousand people trying uh, to register. We have over a thousand, over a thousand. primary registrants. Over a thousand so. families are registered, mm-hmm. and yep. it takes uh, if you register for the whole week, it probably takes an hour to go uh, through it all. If you're if, if you, you do if your you, research, yeah. If you select everything, if in you advance, don't do your research, <laughs> yeah. If you don't do your research, you're going to take an hour, yeah. and you're not going to get a lot so of. Here, here's the question I get a lot, and people are like, "Why did he ask me so many questions? Why did he?" And and they we ask you if you what what size t shirt are you sure you don't want to do this no. because if we don't people come back at registration they say well I wasn't aware of this or no right. one asked right. me this right so mm-hmm. we have to like tell you have to tell the system everything no I don't want to do this no, no I don't want to uh, uh, you know participate in this so they know for sure that you said no and yep. you won't basically come back and say I didn't well and I wasn't just like you're sitting it. in the emergency room yeah. well and, and it's important to say <laughs> no so that way it knows that you didn't accidentally double book yeah. something yep. or you didn't realize that there was a t-shirt that was going to be involved and we we're not going to chase you down to get your size no so you know this is not our first rodeo and we do need to ask all those questions but that ensures that there will be less questions uh yep. you know when we're actually on I know tech tactics uh Everyone was coming up at the registration table uh, and saying, oh, how do I get this T-shirt? And I, had to, I must have said it about 100 times. Yeah. Uh, if you registered, you get the T-shirt. If you didn't register, we don't have enough T-shirts because we right. ordered just enough for the people who registered. Yep. Exactly. And then they realized for $15, they could have gotten a really cool T-shirt. Um, <laughs> and you didn't even have to listen. <laughs> right. Super yeah, But cool. no, one, no one read that part right. and or just glossed over it. Uh, so that's my pro tip is uh, – for Tech Tactics, if you register, you get a very cool limited T-shirt that you cannot buy at the goodie store. Nope. Yep. And I guarantee you will be asking, how can I get this T-shirt? And people will be asking you, where did you get that T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Because only uh, less than 125 is the max. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. And also during phase two, you can register to volunteer. So lots of positions needed. It's a you know a great experience. So that's the other thing you can do. Yeah, it's and and I highly recommend it. You know, PCA is built on uh, volunteerism, and parade would not work without its volunteers. We have seven hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred volunteers at least, and you just work in a couple of shifts. And uh, people that have been doing it for a while, they'll take you under their wing. So don't feel intimidated in any of the positions because there'll be someone there to hold your hand. Uh, And like Melanie said, it's like, it's where you really make like close friends from parades. And when you go to your next one, you'll probably want to do that same shift or that same volunteer job because you've gotten this rhythm down and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. When I did the, uh, I did the tech quiz last year and uh, four volunteers showed up. They've done it. Like I think for 10 years, (laughs) I didn't have to tell them anything. They knew exactly what to do and i was one less worry because they set everything up and i was like oh my god yeah, yeah. And they were like oh yeah we, we all we've been working as a team for a long long time and we know exactly what to do and uh it was less thing to worry about i always tell people um if you want to work indoors i recommend the goodie store it's a popular yeah. uh, um site to uh to register but you get to see the stuff they're bringing out before the uh, before the, everyone the, the public does yes um or hospitality is cool because you get to meet a lot of members once again you're indoors uh, some people like working the autocross mm-hmm. and they'll get if you get two shifts then you get your uh, little uh, volunteer card stamped and you get to go to the volunteer party 
that you cannot buy tickets for. These are, you have to have two stamps on your volunteer yep. card. That's your entry. Into Is it the two volunteer. or three stamps? Is it three now? I thought it was I think two. it might be three. I think it's three know. stamps. So don't take our word for the yes. number of stamps. Because yeah. if, I think it's three, honestly. I'm pretty sure I think it's three. Yeah. I would give Boo 20 bucks. He'll stamp it for you. No, no. But going kidding. into the volunteer party is very cool because you get a there's a ton of door prizes. They say tires, a lot of, oh, a lot of clothing, door yes. books, models, uh, sunglasses. I remember one year my wife and kids went and they all volunteered. And I think we came home. And I'm saying this is typical. But that year, it was like uh, two T-shirts and some other junk oh, yeah. for everyone. Oh, yeah. And so so we always ask our sponsors to give raffles for like the main functions. But because we love our volunteers, we always ask them to also provide a very special prize yes. for the volunteer party. So, you know, like I said, you'll get tires. You'll Plus, get, you get fed lunch. You get fed lunch. You get uh, trips, cruise. cruise. Yep. There's so many reasons. And there's no speeches. It's just, Nope, uh, no speeches. Just giveaway uh, stuff. Giveaway stuff. And they, Eat and giveaway stuff. <laughs> they yep. have usually kids. Uh, as runners, this is how many door prizes. The kids are like lying 15 deep and they're constantly running oh, yeah. the door prizes mm-hmm. out to you when you raise your hand. If you are, if your name is called, it's a, it's a pretty good experience, but volunteering as a whole. Um, I used to have a blast with my rally team. It was the same group of people. We used to work rally checkpoints and we looked forward to every year to working together for uh, a full day. Of doing rally checkpoints, which unfortunately I heard they don't do rally checkpoints anymore. It's all on no, it's app. all on the, the app. Richter app the is Richter what app. we're using. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I can't recommend the rally checkpoint as a volunteer. They, they don't need it anymore. <laughs> no. uh, but there's Just other a uh, whole lot of other. Uh, uh, position depending if you're a morning person, mm-hmm. an evening person. We could create um, just a Manny checkpoint and just have him sit there. That would be amazing. <laughs> my, just my sit there and wave. Was, uh, <laughs> we worked checkpoint three or four, I think. And when people would pull in, we'd say something like, Welcome to checkpoint one. Oh. And the look on their face was like sheer panic. <laughs> we'd have to say, No, nah, I'm just kidding. It's checkpoint three. Because that's what they need is more pressure. Right. <laughs> that's what I realized. It's much more pleasurable to watch other people in misery oh. than you yourself to be in misery. Much like when you send all the photos to the wrong. The wrong number. Yes. <laughs> and they don't respond. When he was doing it, what was it, a rally? Or a... Um... Where were we at? Yeah, I was, I was texting all these photos. Oh. Last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. And I, and I was wondering why I wasn't getting a response back. And Oh, it was during the Chesapeake Region uh, Chesapeake Challenge. Uh-huh. Yeah. We were supposed to be texting <laughs> the photos to the rally master. And you were texting it to some stranger? It was, it was front of me in front of like historic sites. Yeah. Okay. It's just his head. The and I got picture. there and Aniana was like... Uh, um, did you forget to uh, take the pictures? And I'm like, no, I texted them all to you. Uh-huh. He's like, what number did you text them to? I go, right here. And he goes, that's not my number. <laughs> I'm like, well, somebody has so- about 12 photos of me smiling next to these historic landmarks. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, Melanie, we wish you and the parade team and Robert, I know you're listening, best of luck with April 5th. Yep. And uh, maybe you'll give us a quick report on how, how it went. And just Absolutely. Just to make April 5th even more complicated. <laughs> Um, because I didn't realize this. Uh, we have Alwyn Springer coming that day. What do you mean you didn't re- right? realize? Because there's, there's no calendar. This is why we need a big calendar We're on working on it. We, we need a big calendar that says uh, phase two registration. There is this big calendar right next to my desk. Oh, have you looked at that calendar? It's like Egyptian hieroglyphics <laughs> trying to read that thing. Catholic school handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I am so jealous. I wish I was here for We talked about it last week. Um, Alan Springer is coming to town and, uh, I'm going to leave it in, uh, Manny's good hands to take care of him, not only on Tuesday, but Wednesday as well. He'll be on the podcast. He will be, um, 
there for Tech Tactics Live. I am leaving you the keys to the kingdom and hopefully you are behaved. (laughs) And Robert, I know you're listening. Please have the red button ready and edit as appropriate. (laughs) No, I told out when he can say anything he wants. He said, uh, he asked me that and I said, yes, you can say anything you want. So we'll have him on the, uh, we'll have him on the podcast and uh, Tech Tactics Live. It's going to, if you don't know who he is, I would Google him. He is such an influential part of and the reason why Porsche was so successful uh, racing in North America, especially in the 80s and 90s, uh, his story is just uh, is so wide and, and long as far as uh, his influence, uh, starting Andal, starting Porsche Motorsports in North America where it's at, and him still being involved as a consultant. Uh, yeah, he's he's very much excited to be this, coming this up. This is going to sound cliche, but when I see him, when I hear his name, you know what comes to mind? Living legend. Yes, yeah. Living legend. I mean, what he has done in the past, and today he's still turning wrenches at Porsche Motorsports. He oversees because the, he's the guy. Every every awesome. 962 engine they build, he oversees. He the, oversees uh, it. The so, and he's such a fan of PCA, and um, it's it's an honor to have him in our building. And no no pressure made, but please do take great care of him and show show him and is is, is his wife coming or is it yep, just yolanda's him? coming along okay so yeah definitely you got to find him a we're good gonna hit cake. a couple bars <laughs> a good crab cake <laughs> got him a give good. him a good crab maybe cake. jimmy seafood we should go there or gnm which is the staple mandy knows where to go to eat that that, that i don't this, wor- that um, i don't that i don't let's not get about. started on mandy and his preferences <laughs> um if you were uh checking your youtube uh, uh alerts uh, recently, a GT4 comparison dropped. Uh, yep, a 2016 original and a 2022 718 came in GT4. Um, they were almost stock, uh, but one had a very loud exhaust. <laughs> almost um, stock. My cars are almost stock too. Yeah, right. Well, I, well, I mean, you could argue stock in something. You could argue that just chopping off the exhaust, uh, or I should, shouldn't say you chopped it off. You replaced it with a very nice titanium exhaust. Um, the big thing that changes is the sound, but otherwise the two cars were um, basically stock. One had a shorter shift knob, um, very, very similar to drive. But if you drive them back to back, you'll notice some differences, which is why we did this review. Um, it's also part of our newer, longer format, one of my reviews, where not only do we go a little bit more in-depth into what the cars are, where they stand in Porsche's lineup, uh, historical context, if they're, if they're older cars, uh, how they do in the market in general terms, and then the drive and the ratings. So you all seem to like this new format pretty well. I think the views so far for the GT4 video are doing a bit better than usual. Coming up on the 5,000, an e-brake hasn't gone, gone out great. yet. So hopefully, hopefully we make it over 10, hopefully even more. Um, but... And this uh, one is a bit more work for you too. So I mean, yeah, it's a bit more be, work. You it's, should be rewarded for that work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, it's um, what we know with YouTube is harder work, as in you know, better cameras and better better visuals don't always transfer into views. Yeah. But um, hopefully, the whole the whole package is is worth it for you all. So Bogdan filmed a lot of this. I filmed most of it. He oh, filmed it. Uh, interior shots for the most part. Very good. So uh, yeah, fun Perfect. video. All right, and last week we also got to spend some time with uh, Prescott Kelly, past president of PCA and uh, Porsche hoarder <laughs> extraordinaire, someone that <laughs> I just incredible wealth of knowledge. We got to have him back on to talk about the RS models. Yes, not the not the toy models, but right. the actual models that uh, he also is an expert in. 
Yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge and the stuff that he's just like stuck in his brain. And we, I knew an hour was not even going to be the top of the, the iceberg, uh, tip of the iceberg with him. But uh, it seems like uh, he, he struck a chord with, uh, with viewers and uh, they also appreciated his knowledge. And we will definitely bring him back. He thinks like in uh, 20, what do you say, 2028 20, or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to bring you back sooner than that because he was worried that uh, he couldn't relate. I did find a picture of Robert. I don't know if you um, you saw it's the, 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 the 356 toy collection. I came across this because he wanted to show the uh, Disslers. And look at that, Manny. Wow. Yo, wow. Look at that. The largest Porsche 356 model collection. and Dissler model. It's it's all Disslers. And one of those is probably $1,000, right? Or 500 at least. Well, 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 more way more than, than that. that, yeah. One of them. Yeah, and, and one of the boxes. I, I was trying to buy one that would need to be restored. Yeah. And the bidding went to like 900 and I had to bail out. Really? Because it needed a lot of restoration. It was rusted. It was missing parts. But you can buy a lot of these parts for reproduction. So for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, I'm, uh, there's a showcase at, I think it's a, a dealership in the Netherlands, that there's probably, what, at least 100 of them? At <laughs> that's least. A lot, that's a lot of money right there. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it good. can be a, a scary hobby uh, if you get really into it. But I think a lot of people felt good that uh, they weren't as uh, a much of a hoarder as Prescott was. It definitely makes you feel he, better. Um, but, but, you know, and, and again, he started collecting just because it was fun. It wasn't about him making money, you know, down the road. You know, it was pretty cool that it worked out that way for him. But, you know, in the end, collect what you love. Don't collect it just for the sake of collecting and hoping that it's going to be valuable. I did. With the end, we were showing him different things we have in the office. And, after he uh, commented about the book that's the memorial service of Bootsy Porsche uh, um, and how uh, rare. basically rare it is, <laughs> I, I put it in a plastic bag, gave it to Laura, and I said, put this in the, in the archive with all the uh, <laughs> other valuable archives. Because we just I, had it on the bookshelf. <laughs> we just had it on the bookshelf. I said, I don't want this accidentally growing legs at one point and yeah. disappearing. Yeah. And um, – just want to thank everyone for commenting on last week's podcast. You know the the bandit. Uh, someone even commented on my uh, my singing ability about uh, <laughs> it's uh, your jobs, your credits, and of course I'm excited because I think the FedEx man is stopping by today because uh, Gurney Eagle 500 is sending us something. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. If, I, I think that. it's today. I think it's today. It well, he said yet. tomorrow, and he posted yesterday. So, um, so he probably Mike... just wants me to raise the score on his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we can't be bought. We have. Oh, I can. The... Yeah, <laughs> Manny can. Say, Manny okay, can. maybe I should say we. I can't be bought, <laughs> uh, but I definitely am looking forward to seeing what tree he didn't see. He kind of he said something about Mardi Gras. So well, I hope... think after Brent sent the uh, oh. um, the Kringles, I'm, hope, I'm hoping like King Cake. Wait, it's where's Mike? Be. Where's Mike? Where's Mike's from? Is he? From? Uh, he's in Florida. He's in Florida. Well, yep. Mar- Mar- King Cakes wouldn't be from Mar- uh, from Florida. I think so. King Cakes are everywhere now. <sighs> well, I know. I mean, but yeah. authentic. Yeah. Oh, like the King's Hawaiian or whatever? No, or? not no. King's <laughs> Hawaiian. King Cakes, I heard. With King- the baby in it? <laughs> With the baby in it. Oh, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Obviously. So I've brought like the local like giant here that mm-hmm. our grocery store makes king cakes is nothing like i mean it's like 50 percent of what it should be but yeah. it's it's so what you know what right? you know what lent is obviously right yeah so that you have um what ash uh fat tuesday you, why are you looking at me when we start talking religion <laughs> fat tuesday before fat tuesday. ash wednesday yeah, ash wednesday and uh, which is the beginning of lent 
Yes. Right? So Ash Wednesday. So Tuesday, it's Fat Tuesday. It's named Fat Tuesday. Uh, and the uh, Christian religion is a whole different name. It's not called Fat Tuesday. But no. Everyone yeah. calls it Fat Tuesday because that's your last chance to get fat yeah. and eat all this up because you have to give up that kind of stuff on, on Lent. Yeah. So this is why King Cake exists because, you know. And as far as the baby part, is that a Louisiana Mardi Gras tradition? Yeah. So, so, good luck. so, no, no, no. So what happens is like at the start of Mardi Gras, um, like the teacher brings in the king cake and whatever, whoever gets the baby the next day has to bring the king cake in. And then you can do that for the whole week. Like so I, I thought it like, was good luck if you found the baby. Well, it was good uh, luck good to luck the kid. Choke on the yeah, baby. It's good luck for the <laughs> kid, but to the parents, they're like, oh, we got to go buy a king cake for tomorrow. Interesting. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's like the original tradition, but I just know that is what happened in school with king yeah. cakes. Now we're going to Google baby week, and cake. Somebody yeah. brings in uh, injections of insulin for everyone because <laughs> you're diabetic by the time uh, you've eaten the week But you know what, cake. though? It's, a, it's interesting that even in today's um, litigious society that they're still stuffing a what one inch piece plastic of plastic baby. into a cake and going, <laughs> let's give it to kids. Yeah, well. <laughs> what could possibly happen? <laughs> it's still going on. Hey, it's New Orleans. I yeah, mean, come right. on. Um, so anyways, uh, also a quick update on our PCA cruise. We don't have the official name yet. Um, okay. Since you're here, Melanie, we're going to throw it out Robert? for, for, we're going to, we're going to throw it out there for our listeners. We're, yes. we're seeking wait, wait, an wait, official I'd name. I love the current name, PCA National. <laughs> okay. No, that, that's just, that's oh, so, so, it, so, got there. so, so Melanie is pushing for cruising or Porsche Club America. K-R-E-U. Z-E-N, which is the German? The German word for cruising. Cruise. Okay. All right. No, no, two no, cruise. No, no, don't tell me it's going to be Cruise in America. Yeah. But see, <laughs> how can you not get ready? For, I mean, look at this sexy name. PCA that's National a, at Sea. That's just a, so, uh, that tells a placeholder. placeholder. That that's sounds just, like an insurance seminar. So, so it, it's it's <laughs> that's just a placeholder. Another one. So last year it was Zone Fest at Sea. And yes. obviously it's not a, a zone event this year. Uh, it's national. So... PCA at C is to me too boring, uh, but you can vote for that if you think it should be PCA at C. But we also have an amazing brand that represents four or five star accommodations yes. and stuff like that, which is our Treffen brand. Yes, which and Princess aligns with perfectly. So what would this be called? So this would be, be Treffen at C, right? So either cruising, Treffen or- at C. Those are your two, or or if I don't you think have, Manny's impressed. or if you have a better name, throw it out there. We would Treffin consider on the high seas. Yeah. <laughs> Mutiny on the high seas. Manny. All right, uh, we've gone way over, but we had a lot to talk about today, and I uh, uh, just got to wrap it up here. So thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, just grab that VIN, head over to PCA.org, and we'll set you up. And if you're looking for a Porsche, uh, Join the test drive program. And I think uh, Robert would also want me to mention if you haven't signed up for our newsletters, eBreak News, Performance News, Mart Fresh News, just go to PCA.org and you can sign up for those newsletters for free. Remember to follow us on our podcast Instagram page, uh, behind the scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And uh, you can also email us at podcast at PCA.org. And again, we love the comments. We love it when you guys participate and interact with the podcast. So drop us a note to let us know your thoughts. And until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.